0: Okay, Jam, on today's episode, we're going to do temperatures part two. Nice. We're going to talk about more ways of measuring temperatures and who decides what temperatures are.
1: Nice. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it.
0: Okay. Hey, I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life.
1: The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life.
0: Okay, so when I explained last week's episode to Mason about how thermometers work, the first thing he asked was, what about infrared thermometers? And then you said it was maybe because of your coffee roaster, which has both an infrared and a probe. Right, right. Okay, so- Let's talk about those two types of thermometers, because since then I've learned about them.
1: And I was gonna say it's funny because <clears throat> my mother-in-law was asking, "What did you guys record last week again?" And I was talking to her about it, and she was like, "So oh, is that similar to like the ones they use at the doctors' offices now? They're just like a button, which also I think is infrared, mm-hmm. right?" And I was like, "That's so funny." She had the first same first question as Mason, sort of. It's different, so now right?
0: everybody, <laughs> yeah.
1: But it's like we interact with those, and those are pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And they've become everywhere in the past, you know, few years since COVID. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's part of why. It's like, oh yeah, but how do those ones that are super fast and don't even need to like touch you directly? Yeah. Work. So makes sense.
0: Okay. So we'll start with the first one, the probe thermometers. And I suspect that most probe thermometers are resistance thermometers. Okay. Okay. And what that means is this is your this is your basic chemistry lesson for today, or your like big chemistry lesson for the day and then we'll just talk about other things and some history okay and this is something that i had learned about in um, in inorganic chemistry so not in organic chemistry in inorganic chemistry okay so that's chemistry of metals pretty much
1: it would be nice if i mean it would be nice for non-organic i know that was the word it
0: really should be so i learned this in non-organic chemistry but so many are non-organic i think inorganic it's specifically, I don't think it's just non-carbon containing, but maybe it is, but it's pretty much metals. That's what I
1: think. Oh, uh, okay.
0: Okay. So in my inorganic chemistry class, we learned about metals and how they conduct electricity. Okay. And just like how metals can expand and contract with different temperatures, they actually can also let electrons flow through them to generate electricity. That's what electricity is, the movement of electrons. Mm-hmm. They. Can do that with different abilities at different temperatures. Okay. Okay. So my instinct would be, as I'm sure yours is too, if it's hotter, more electricity could flow.
1: Is that your instinct? Right. Yeah. That would seem make like it would make sense. Because
0: things move around more when they're hotter.
1: Right. And something can be, when we think of conducting, you know, we think of like, oh, well, things conduct electricity, but they also conduct heat. Like, mm-hmm. So that's what I would seem- Intuitive. Well, I'm guessing it's not. It's not. <laughs> it. And I
0: remember this this day in my inorganic chemistry class. I like remember the room I was sitting in and my professor. I remember all of it so clearly. I don't know why. Uh-huh. And I think because it was so not intuitive that it just stuck out to me. And the thing that he used an analogy for was, so, you know, everything is moving a little bit, you know, all the time, all types of atoms, even the atoms in the solid metal piece that you're looking at does have a little bit of energy to move around. Mm -hmm. Not as much as if it was flowing, but it is moving around some. Right. And the thing is, you want electrons to move through that, right? And each atom has electrons around it. And so if the atom is moving more and the electrons are moving more, it could clog up the pathway for the electricity or the electrons to flow through. And the reference he used was similar to traffic. If the roads are clear you're going to be able to get where you need to go quickly. Mm. But if they're clogged and there's lots of other people trying to go places, it's going to be trafficy and much harder to get where you're going, right? Right. Similarly, if the electrons are all moving around because they're hotter, they're going to get in the way of the other electrons trying to get through in the electricity conduction situation. Mm. And so they're not going to be able to move as quickly. And that is called resistance. Ah, so resistance goes up as heat goes up. And hey. another reference he uses, if you're driving on a road with a bunch of potholes, like if you're trying to get somewhere and you're bumping into a bunch of electrons, mm-hmm. then it's going to slow you down versus if everything is a smooth, clear path. Right. Right. And so basically just the electrons and the atoms within the metal are getting in the way of the electrons trying to be transported, so to speak, through the metal.
1: Got it. Okay. So,
0: as the temperature goes up, the resistance goes up too, and it does mm. that in a linear fashion. Okay. So, you can, depending on what metal you have, measure that resistance and convert that to a temperature.
1: Ah. So, you just learn by a lot of testing and stuff. Mm-hmm. This sort of linear, like if you can kind of start mapping that, figuring out, okay, at this temperature, there's this much resistance. Mm-hmm. And across the spectrum so when we take a human temperature and it's at 98 whatever Mm -hmm. um they're really basing that off of when we warm up the metal Mm -hmm. to the temperature of that person's body how much resistance is there once that happens yes and then they can oh that's crazy
0: So if you think about it on the molecular level, every atom has some electrons surrounding it, you know? So if you have, say, a block of metal and you're trying to conduct electricity through Mm it, Mm -hmm. really, if you zoom into what's happening, you have just a sea of electrons surrounding atoms every which way. So there's atoms, you know, if you were in the middle of that block, there'd be atoms in front of you, behind you, to the side, above you, in diagonal, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. like a grid of electrons. You can think of it maybe sort of, I've been playing a lot of Minecraft. So that's the thing I think, you know, like the lattice work of Minecraft. If you're, (laughs) you have bamboo lattice things or just like any, um, lattice that they're building to go up on a building. What are Mm. those called? Like,
1: like a trellis.
0: No, the things that you're trying to go up on the building and work, we've had this exact conversation before. We have? Yes. About metals. When I was like, get down to the molecular level and imagine it looks like this.
1: You try to climb the side of a building? Uh,
0: Like, yeah, if you're trying to work on it and you have that thing that's- um,
1: Like a fire escape?
0: No, if you're like building the building.
1: Oh, scaffold.
0: Scaffold, that's the word. I can never remember the word scaffold. (laughs) (laughs) So I think of it sort of like a scaffold where you just have like- a bunch of repeating units in the same yeah. way scaffolding is repeating. And you mm-hmm. can have it in every single direction up and down and all around. That's the metal. Okay. And then filling it or the atom, the center of the atom and then filling up the space around each center of atom is electrons. Okay. So if you're trying to weave through the more sucked into the atom, the closer they are to the atom, the less they're going to be in the in between spaces, you know, right. they're not going to be moving. They're not going to be vibrating. They're not going to be pushing the electron that's trying to be conducted through out of the way.
1: Right, right, right.
0: And that's why it happens, you know, at the molecular level. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, it does make sense.
0: And yeah, so exactly what you described is basically those thermometers run on electricity. They have a battery or some other thing like that. And if there is more resistance, that means the temperature is hotter. Mm -hmm. Less resistance and the temperature is colder. Yeah. So they essentially can use that to convert to... Some standardized temperature that they know, oh, this resistance goes to
1: this temperature.
0: Isn't that amazing?
1: It is amazing. Also, is there something about, like, so you say you have some, you know, coldish metal, Mm -hmm. whatever, low resistance? Does a lot of things being conducted through it inherently also warm it up anyway, increase the resistance?
0: A lot of things being conducted through it. Oh, I see. You're asking, does the electricity impact?
1: Yes. Does, yeah.
0: The resistance. Yes. So actually on one of the websites I was on, uh, the uh, like Science Direct website, one of the papers it was, had a little like summary from, it said that that Uh you you kind of have to account for the fact that the energy flowing through itself will heat up the metal some. Right. But I think you can account for that and give really accurate temperatures.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's so crazy.
0: And I think they're because they are usually very accurate. So I think they do usually account for that. They're often used in food. And so I assume that my meat thermometer at home and your coffee probe thermometer, both of those, I think, are probably resistance thermometers.
1: Got to be. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense.
0: So now, now you know. Interesting. Huh. You look like you were working on a joke or, th- or were you just processing?
1: No, I was just processing. I think like it's weird because there's some, the fact that this works so backward in so many ways. Like,
0: the resistance thing.
1: All of electricity is completely not intuitive in any way at all. Like yeah. anytime we've ever gotten into that space. The only thing that I guess batteries ended up kind of making sense once we yes. got into it. Mm-hmm. But it still is not the way you assume. No. And it's like weird how it seems like that's just the truth about all things electrical. Though. It's like, sorry, you're not going to get it right the first way you guess it. And it actually may be the opposite of yeah. what you think it would be. Like, I don't get. That. But like, if was- you
0: get to the molecular level, it does kind of make sense. Right. Everything else can move faster when it's hotter because it has more energy. But yeah. that's what's happening. it's moving more because it's hotter. And so it has more energy. It's blocking. It has mm-hmm. more energy mm-hmm. to basically interfere. You know, maybe we should think of it like a quarterback or some kind of sports analogy, but I don't know sports analogies well enough. Me neither. Basically, you want the other team to be lethargic so you can score a goal, right?
1: Yes, yes, yes. But if
0: the other team is really energetic, they're not going to let you get by as easily. Right. There we go. We got it.
1: That makes total sense. And you're right. It's like as soon as you get to that molecular level, you can make it make sense. Yeah. But it still is like from the zoomed out sort of like, you know, pedestrian user um, like point of view. It is not no that way
0: at all. It's not what you'd assume. Mm. Yeah. Well, so that is the probe thermometer. Then the IR thermometer. I kind of feel like this one's a little bit less fun because I don't exactly know how the sensors work. Mm. But essentially, all of us. Well, I'll start here with the electromagnetic spectrum. We've talked nice. about this many times. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you that this is your first episode, we've talked about this. Um, I don't. I don't even remember. Probably on any one where we talk about light.
1: Yeah. The first one we ever talked about this may have been, did we get into it with all the way back with the antioxidants because of the colors of stuff?
0: Maybe, yeah.
1: I feel like that could have been one of the first times we touched on it. But then like Mirage stuff, we got into oh, it a little bit then. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we've had a bunch, but yeah. those are like some of the earliest I can remember.
0: So this is your first episode and you don't have a background in chemistry. You can Google the electromagnetic spectrum, but essentially it's just like all of the types of energy that are waves of energy that are given off. There's sort of a spectrum of the smallest, most frequent waves to the largest, least often waves. You can think of like on one side, it's like really fast up and down waves. And then on the other side, it's like big back and forth, like lazy waves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So there's all different types, like microwave. That might've been the first one we talked about. It was on microwave.
1: Oh yeah. That's yeah. That's definitely the earliest. Because we didn't get into any other parts of the spectrum, but yeah.
0: So there's visible light is in waves, and ultraviolet light, and infrared light, and microwaves, and radio waves. All these types of energy are um, sort of characterized, categorized, Mm -hmm. put in order on the electromagnetic spectrum. And so one of those is infrared energy. And we can't see infrared energy, but we can feel it as heat. Right. So... Um, essentially, what the, oh, I lost my place because I was so excited about talking about the mm-hmm. <laughs> the probe thermometers. So essentially, what um, happens is our body is always giving off some sort of heat, some sort of infrared energy that you can direct towards a sensor, and that sensor can convert it into a temperature. So just imagine like there's a sensor. That can detect it in the same way that if you have like thermal cameras or mm-hmm. thermal imaging, it's the same kind of thing. But they'll us- there's usually a lens sensor that reads the light, uh, not the light, reads the energy, the infrared energy in a certain area and will direct it at that sensor. And that sensor will read it. Now, if you are directly in contact with a surface with your thermometer, you know, there's the ones that you put on the surface. Then it's taking in only that area's infrared energy. Okay. And it directs it to a sensor within a certain type of read, you know, mm-hmm. like bounces around in an area and directs it to a sensor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you're doing one of the far away ones, the non-contact ones, that little light that points out, mm-hmm. it's not doing anything mm. except telling you where you're reading. Right. Okay. But they can be a little less accurate because they're taking the average of everything that they see. Mm -hmm. And so you have to program them to crop the image to only that certain area. Got it. And that's how they can take the the surface temperature of just what's right there. But really it being in contact is much better. Got it. In terms of accuracy.
1: So it's sensing and amount of mm-hmm. infrared mm-hmm. because obviously the where is in the spectrum is about it's like wavelength it's frequency that stuff yeah but this would be trying to pick up on how much is there i think so the okay. intensity
0: of them how, how much, much is coming, is off? coming off yeah, yeah. Okay. not that there's ir but sorry ir is short for infrared mm-hmm. not that there that it's there they don't mm-hmm. care what kind it is. They're, I think they're looking at how much is coming off. Got it. And so they just have a sensor that detects that and converts
1: it. Also, I knew the IR thing because that's how Mason and I refer to which temperatures. Oh. Like, oh, is that the IR? Oh, okay.
0: Oh, yeah. Because so, you're so smart. Yeah. Good job.
1: Yeah. And because the forums of people who use our same roaster, they they use that shorthand. Oh. So <laughs> we just stole that from that's them. That's
0: funny. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I feel like that's kind of not the most fun answer, and there wasn't a lot of information that I could find on how does an IR sensor convert it to a temperature, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a short answer that kind of makes sense, but it's not as fun as the, I think, is the other one.
1: Yeah. It's weird, though, because I guess, like, in, and we haven't talked much about, like, photography and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, but, like, with a photographic lens, with, like, a sensor, you can have that be sensitive to you know, like an analog camera is literally like chemicals that are sensitive to it, you know, but like a mm-hmm. uh, digital one is, you know, like pixels that are sensitive to light, mm-hmm. but there's ones that can be sensitive to infrared light instead mm-hmm. of, uh, I mean, that's how our baby monitors work. Yeah. The ones we have in our house. So like, yeah, I can look at night and see. So I guess even though it's still a mystery, there's something to like, oh, something can tell if there's infrared. Yeah. Like that's okay. That at least gets me part of the way there. Like I, yeah. I believe that's possible because I know it. <laughs> Cause, I, Cause you've seen it. it <laughs> yeah. So just being able to tell like how much is there, you mm-hmm. know, is, is cool. That makes me wonder like, could it, <laughs> could like an infrared camera for instance, also translate the information like what's the temperature in i found
0: a paper about that Ah. it was like hey um you know i mean the setup you have to justify your research right so the setup for it that i read i didn't read the whole thing so like this isn't going to tell me how this works Uh but the setup was you know heat exhaustion is really dangerous Mm. and so you have to be aware if people are becoming overheated so can we use a camera to track body temperature and if Uh a red camera to track body temperature yeah wow I know I don't remember the conclusions I don't think I read past the introduction
1: you know something cool about infrared this while we're on the topic yeah one thing I've noticed as the the little little scientist in my head <laughs> when I'm looking at our baby monitors one of them is like yes um outside of of like it kind of is angled toward my older son's bed so mm-hmm. I can see more of the room in there mm-hmm. and what's really cool that I remember noticing from the first time we started using these was that The rug, the little area rug we have in his room, looks like it's all one color. Yeah. Because, but it's actually not. It's not. But it's measuring infrared light. And so it's really all the same material. Yeah. And the color of that material changing. But clearly based on that sensor or whatever, everything that's on there is at least giving off the same infrared. Mm -hmm. So even though the color is different. So things just look different. So certain designs are just gone. Yeah. It's like, oh, it makes sense because this only exists yes. in the spectrum of visible light. Yes. That's where the changes are. But if there's no change in material, which might also potentially, but not in every case, change the like, infrared. Yeah. Then it would just look the same.
0: That just unlocked something in my brain. So that's true. And I remember us talking about what even color is, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and how in the dark nothing has color because there's no light. Right. We we watched an episode of Red and Link. Uh-huh. And I don't remember why, maybe because it was Halloween, they played uh, the international darts game in the dark. Oh, okay. And I was like, but I can see the design on Red's shirt. And I feel like if this is really, cause we could see things with infrared. Oh, so like if this if this is really an infrared camera, we shouldn't be able to see that because it's, you can't see designs on things. And just when you said that, I was like, I bet it was a different material. Yeah. And that material was taking in and giving off heat at a different rate right, than like the, it, the rest of his shirt.
1: Like a screen printed or like whatever, like, like your Pepsi sweatshirt. Yes. Like,
0: I'm wearing a Pepsi sweatshirt because my family long worked for Pepsi. So I have this cute vintage but can Pepsi sweatshirt. you can feel the
1: difference, right? I can feel the difference, yeah.
0: yeah. And when the lights came on, Link had a shirt that, did have a pattern but you couldn't see it and then uh, i was like i'm wrong but why was that happening Yeah. and it did not occur to me until just now that it probably had a different material right on the design it didn't really look like that
1: yeah because there's so many different ways to, to like print something on there like, yeah some designs feel very much a part of the like mm-hmm. fabric right and others feel like on top of it or whatever yeah anyway i remember being fascinated by that and being like whoa yeah the infrared camera thing so yeah, <laughs> that's fun.
0: <laughs> fun. These are fun little yeah side quests. <laughs> yes.
1: Fun little discoveries.
0: Yeah, I really like that. I think that is really fun, and I think that what looking at things on infrared cameras are so interesting. And I also think what those are doing is essentially measuring the different infrared and converting it to like maybe a pixel color, I guess, mm. so that it looks like something. You know,
1: right? And it's just that's I feel like it's guess. basically like a grayscale. So I guess it'd be on a, on a. Spectrum of like yeah just zero to one or something i don't know like none to some maybe
0: i don't know hard to say how those work maybe we should do a how do night vision cameras convert Mm -hmm. infrared into pictures
1: i think one of the ones that's been like bouncing around in the the queue has just been photography and in general all that stuff i feel like i asked specifically about like instant film and stuff like that
0: i've looked into that and you know sometimes i start looking into something and i'm like this is hard and i'm gonna need more time you know or it's
1: like one of the things where it's like okay are we ready for a series on this or not
0: yeah 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 and some of it is do i have time for this i've been wanting to do nitrogen and how nitrogen fixing matters and Mm. essentially there's nitrogen in our air all the time but we need nitrogen that's usable for plants right for a while but i'm like oh i need to make sure i dedicate a good amount of time and just don't always have time. <laughs> so, right, right. You know, one of the problems with having multiple jobs.
1: Yep. Yeah. Being a little independent podcast like ours.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so that is, that's how those two thermometers work. Awesome. I was really excited about the probe thermometers because it reminded me of that lesson that I learned a long time ago. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I knew that. So that was fun. That's cool. So now let's talk about what even temperatures are. Okay. Well, how long have we been going? You think we have time for this? Should we extend it to a part three?
1: We've been going for 22 minutes.
0: That seems like a whole episode. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe I'm just going to leave y'all hanging for one more more week. Part three on the history. It'd be kind of like a shorty but a goody. I like that. Okay, great. Well, I guess we can just wrap it up here. Do you want to talk about something that made you happy this week?
1: I would love to. Let me find it.
0: In your brain.
1: Hmm. Do you already have one?
0: No. (laughs) This caught me off guard. I was thinking we have special bonus episodes for our uh, patrons where we talk about not chemistry things. Yeah. And mostly our lives. And so I was thinking about those things so hard that I forgot to think about something for this. Oh, I've got one. Okay. Give it to me.
1: Okay. So last week we did our um, coffee hour Uh. with our age bonders, our- Patrons. Yeah. Which by the way is very fun. So it if you've ever fun. thought about joining our Patreon and you've specifically thought about joining at the our H Bonder tier, which is our highest tier, you get to do a monthly coffee hour on online on Zoom with Melissa and I and our other H Bonder patrons. We hang out, we talk, we catch up, we talk about some chemistry, some non chemistry, all that kind of stuff. Super fun. But we hadn't done that in a while, especially the last couple of times we hadn't been together in the same Mm-hmm. place when we did it you and I but this time we got to do that and then Melissa and I and Mason uh, Melissa's husband and then my wife M. we all got to hang out yeah. eat dinner and watch an episode <laughs> of Rings of Power which I have been dying
0: we've literally been watching it for a year mm-hmm. it's yeah. truly been one whole year yep and it's only eight episodes that's how much we hang out <laughs> well
1: we were like yeah I think it might be 10 Is it eight or ten?
0: No, I don't remember. I don't remember.
1: But we had, I did have that thought whenever we decided to be like, and everyone's probably experienced this, where you decide you're going to watch a show with a person or some people. Yeah. And you sort of make that pact, which is like, okay, that means we're only watching this when we're together. When you do that, you do um, commit yourself to something. Yeah. And sometimes that means taking a show much lower then you want to, but yeah, every episode is a little victory. Every time we can get all four of us in the same place at the same time for it, long enough to watch long the show. enough, it's this great treat So, So close.
0: <laughs> well, and then <laughs> we picked a date next month to be like, okay, we're going to watch two. We're going to finish the episode We're so or the series. We're so close. And we we're like, I scheduled nothing the next day, but I'm taking a like a Christian history class, and we have to make up a day. And he scheduled the make up for the next day.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: me and Mason were like, No, we're going to power through as long as it takes. We'll stay up late and get up early the next morning because we promised jam. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to stay up late. I'm not going to complain. <laughs>
1: yeah. So that'll be that be fun. But it was it was a lot of fun to get through that after a long time of not getting to. I think the last episode we had watched was. Mm. A while. Yeah. Probably in the summer. Yeah, probably so.
0: I had a boyfriend in college who watched a show that we were supposed to watch together without me. And, you know, that was like one of the first cracks of the relationship. We were like, oh, you're really not a good person. Like, how could you do this to me? That's so, yeah. That's such a deep betrayal. <laughs>
1: What's weird because I was like, uh, it's like the sh- shows don't really matter, but it's like, what does this mean though? It's like, yeah,
0: why would you do that?
1: You were willing to and eat- lie. Yeah. You said you'd do this, but then you didn't. It'd be one thing if he was like, if he was like, "Hey, listen, you're you've been that. really busy. I have some free time, and I really want to watch this show. You, could I continue without you, or yeah. can I just get a couple ahead of you?" Yeah. But to not do that at all.
0: Yeah, and uh, then I probably would have been like, "Yeah, as long as you rewatch it with me." Yes. You know? Yep. So. Yeah. It was really it was dark. So, I did. Then I had a roommate later in college who would watch stuff without me, but she'd always watch it back. And she yeah. never lied. And I'm like, that's all I need.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's the way to do it.
0: <laughs> okay. Or so. just
1: never, yeah, never commit something you can't stick to. Someone's like, hey, well, let's watch it again. But I, be like, I'll watch it with you, but I'm not going to commit to only watch it with you. Yeah. Just yeah. don't commit if you can't. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, we've committed and it's been sad mostly for Jam and probably Mason a little bit.
1: And I really, I mean, I don't have like a lot of time, but after the kids are asleep, that kind of thing on nights that M's working. I do have time to myself where I could have many, many times watched this show multiple times, the entire first season, multiple (laughs) times in a row, multiple times. And I have not done it. (laughs) So sometimes you're like me, and despite the fact that you really want to, you have self-control because you know it'll be better and more fun. And it is.
0: It is fun together.
1: With friends. It's more fun.
0: Okay. I thought of mine while we were talking Okay, because of something we talked about with our um, patrons also mentioned today is I don't think I talked about this last week. Is, um, so, you know, for Thanksgiving, um, we didn't really do much. We, I worked and, you know, then we went on a trip with my family later, but that day his siblings were off, Mason's siblings were off work mm-hmm. and we all ended up starting a Minecraft world together. Nice. And it was a fun way to spend time together, like on a holiday that you wouldn't normally get to see them, you know? hmm That was really fun. But it's continued and we've continued to play Minecraft together. And so we like all can get on the same world and we're on discord. So we're like on discord chatting. We, it's almost like a, like a four way phone call with me and him and his sister and his brother. Mm-hmm. And so we can chat about life or whatever. And then just like, oops, I hit the mic and then just like also play our little Minecraft games uh-huh. And I don't really care about video games. Like, if I'm by myself, I usually don't play them. But playing them with other people is fun. Because yep. it's, like it's just like playing any other game together. And so that's been really fun. And I've really enjoyed it. And it's been a way to keep in touch with his siblings more than we normally get to. Because they're pretty far away. And it's just, it's just been making me really happy. Nice. So that's been a fun thing that I've enjoyed
1: lately. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. I've never played Minecraft. But the idea of doing that with family like that seems super fun. Yeah. So I get it.
0: It's basically just um, getting on a phone call with everybody and then just doing your own thing. But in right. a different world, not in our world. <laughs> yeah. And the
1: fact that you can, if you want to, can like go watch whatever the other person's doing. Yeah. And like see each other makes it feel like more than just a phone call. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can talk and also I can go see the digital representation of you. And the thing you're building or whatever. Yeah. Or you could work together, obviously, which is cool.
0: Mason taught me how to shoot a bow at some of the bad guys in there. Uh-huh. And I was like, I've only ever used swords. And I try not to interact with the bad guys. I'm just like in it for the crafts, you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's like something we did together virtually. Yeah. Or like his brother would be like, oh, we're all going to go on adventures. Here, I got you all armor, you know? And he like <laughs> outfits us all, you know? So, That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's just fun. It's like a way to hang out. Virtually in real life, which that is how I started playing video games in the first place is Mason and I during COVID were quarantined apart from each other because we weren't married yet. Yeah. And he'd be like, let's go on a Stardew Valley date. And so he like walked me through how to get it on my computer and everything. And then we would meet virtually and go on adventures in our virtual world, you know.
1: This this makes you think that like there could be a future where I could get my brothers into something like this. Yes, definitely. I think it'd be hard. Like me and my younger brother I have both having kids makes it hard, but maybe when the kids are older a little bit. But my older brother, his thing is just the tech stuff. I'd have to get him like yeah, right, here's what you download, here's how you do it. Yeah. But I think, you know, he is like you in that this is the only kind of game he would ever get into. Yep. And um if he got into anything at all, period, which he may still not want to, but like I could be like, Listen, you can make your own stuff. It's yep. kind of cute and it's like intentionally old school graphics kind of mm-hmm. thing um so maybe i'll try that someday
0: yeah and it could be even fun for kids when they get older it's like oh you and your cousins are gonna hop on
1: oh yeah that's a good point. you know the great right, great point
0: or you and your brother could do it after the kids go to bed
1: yeah so i'm thinking i'm gonna reserve this for me just you know not for, not for the kids
0: for <laughs> <laughs> we did try to have my nephew play and it's hard it's hard for the dexterity of a little kid because <laughs> you have to like move forward and backwards with one controller and move around the world with Mm -hmm. the other. So it's kind of hard, but, but I think that could be a fun thing for brothers to play, you know, after kids go to bed, instead of watching, instead of going behind our backs and watching Lord of the Rings, you can just go hang out with your brother on discord and play in Minecraft world. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. And you just, what you have to do is for your other brother, who's not tech savvy, just download it for him when he's in town. Yeah. Be like, here, I'm going to put... No, I'm going to just... I'm going to buy it and I'm just going to put it on your computer.
1: Yeah. He also and doesn't then, even have a computer right now. He's oh one of those man. people.
0: Does he have a PlayStation?
1: Oh, no. None of us have any PlayStations or anything. We <laughs> does all, he
0: have a... Does he have anything that he could play a game on? He has a phone. I don't know if you can play it on a phone.
1: Yeah, he He was... He, <laughs> something's wrong with his computer and he hasn't gotten it worked on. I don't, I don't man. think it's going to work. But, yeah, there's a lot of hurdles there. But he's actually tech-savvier than I'm making him seem. It's just that he's, like, he is with, like, the stuff you need to know how to do well yeah. for work. He's great at that. And so he doesn't want to do anything else. All the, uh, you know, Microsoft Suite and stuff like that, he's got that down. He can figure out how to get a printer to work. And he's, like, tech-savvy in all the things you need to know how to do in an office and people ask him to do. Yeah. But anything outside of that at all, yeah.
0: He just chooses not to engage.
1: Basically. and So his, yeah. his knowledge has not continued to grow. Yeah. You know, so nothing recreational almost at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So anyway. Well, you gotta
0: gotta get him on the on some kind of virtual world so you and your brothers yeah. can hang out. It's pretty fun.
1: Yeah, we'll have to figure that out.
0: All right. Well, um that was fun. Thanks for letting me talk about Minecraft. And uh thanks for thanks for your questions about thermometers. This has ended up turning into a little series. I like it. A little short short bites series, just a little bit after a little bit. Yep. And then we'll talk about the history next week. There won't be a whole science lesson, but more just like how did this end up happening?
1: Nice. Great. Well, thank you for teaching us. Thank you for being willing to take this into multiple parts and explain something that seems simple, but it's clearly not. Um, And it's been fascinating. I love it. And if you have a question or an idea or a thought or whatever, or follow up or a correction or something, you can reach out to us on our website at chemforyourlife.com. That's chem4yourlife.com to share your thoughts and ideas. If you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to cover the cost of making it, you can go to patreon.com slash chem for your life to join our super cool chem community of patrons with multiple tiers, different different perks, rewards, ways to interact with us, that kind of thing. We'd love for you to join. But if you can't, you can still help us by subscribing in a favorite podcast app, rating and writing review on Apple Podcasts, and also by subscribing on YouTube to our YouTube channel. Those things help us to share chemistry with even more people.
0: This episode was made possible. Nope. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and J.M. Robinson, and J.M. Robinson is our producer. This episode was made possible by our financial supporters over on Patreon, and it means so much to us, and it's so fun to get to know you, but it means so much to us that you want to help make chemistry accessible for even more people and to help contribute to the cost of this show. Those supporters are Avishai B., Brie M., Brian K., Chris and Claire S., Chelsea B, Derek L, Elizabeth P, Emerson W, Hunter R, Jacob T, Christina G, Katrina H, Latila S, Lynn S, Melissa P, Nicole C, Rachel R, Sarah M, Stephen B, Shadow, Suzanne P, Timothy P, and Venus R. Thank you again for everything that you do to make Chemistry for Your Life happen. And an extra special thanks to Bree, who often creates illustrations to go along with episodes of Chemistry for Your Life. And you can see that over on our YouTube channel, you can support Brie by following her and supporting her at intropic.artstation.com and Macalester Brie on Twitter and both of those are linked in our show notes
1: if you'd like to learn more about today's chemistry lesson you can look at the references for the episode in our show notes or in the description of the video on YouTube
0: yay chemistry yay
1: chemistry thanks
0: y'all